Welcome to News Over Brews, the only podcast that breaks down the best of this week's pop culture over a nice cold beer. Sponsored by PopBreak.com. I am your host and moderator, Al Manorino. On this week's episode, Community Lives On. We look at the week in metal, decide on what we are most looking forward to this summer, and Brad Pitt's latest World War II film is the subject of this week's trailer talk. With me, as always, is the runner-up of the Great American Tan-Off of 2013, Lucas Jones. You know, Al, it was a rebuilding year for me. This year, I'm better, faster, stronger, tanner, and most importantly, I've got a a 25-hour-a-week part-time work schedule and nothing left to lose. And the one man whose life motto is always burns, never tans, Ryan DeMarco. I don't always go outside, but when I do, I fry like a bacon strip. That is incredibly unfortunate, because while me and Lucas are getting tan, you are covered in, what, 200-proof sunscreen? I fought the sun, and the sun won. Every time. So, uh, Luke, is there any reason why there's no beer in our glasses? Well, there is, actually. Um, I went on vacation last week. I went down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is in a different distribution area. Um, So you get a couple of offerings that we don't necessarily get up in Jersey. Uh, So I went to the liquor store, and I perused a bit. And I came across Sweetwater Brewing's IPA. And I figured, oh, you know what, I'll pick it up, and, and I'll see what it has to offer It's an IPA from Sweetwater Brewing Company, which is based in Atlanta, Georgia. It's a 6.3% alcohol by volume IPA that is unfiltered and dry hopped with Simcoe and U.S. Goldings hops. So the flavor profile is, it's not very malty. It's a very crisp and clean IPA, but it does have bite to it. It, uh, It's actually on the side of the bottle. It says a... uh, Dry Hop to the Gills IPA featuring a kick-you-in-the-teeth hop chop. So it's it's designed and it's brewed so that you get a very full hop flavor. And the fact that it's dry hopped and unfiltered really helps you with that, as they say, uh, kick-you-in-the-teeth. So it's got that pine feel to it. Uh, pine, woodsy, um, very uh, plant, as opposed to like a floral or a citrus IPA, which I think we featured a few times, where the IPA will have a, a floral nose or like kind of a citrus nose and like a little bit of a lighter taste. This is definitely a crisp and light-bodied beer, but with a very sharp, bitter hop kick to it. It doesn't list an IBU, a bitterness rating, on the website, but I would say 75, maybe 80. Um, obviously, I have no base of that judgment other than my taste. But uh, it's good. It's very good. I'm definitely enjoying Sweetwater IPA. You know, for the first couple of days on vacation, it's been 85, 90 degrees. I've been at the beach, and, you know, you do the, the stereotypical beach drinks, the Coronas, the Miller Lights, that kind of stuff. And after two days, I needed something better. So I picked this up, and, and it fulfilled all of my wildest expectations. So I have a feeling that I'm going to head back to the liquor store, pick up another six-pack, and try to make this beer the official beer of my Myrtle Beach vacation. 
because it is very refreshing and it's not going to weigh you down. And for an IPA, it's actually pretty low in alcohol, only only 6.3%. So, Sweetwater Brewing Company's IPA, the official News Over Brews Myrtle Beach Vacation beer. Well, thank you, as always, Luke, for another great review. The only problem is, uh, why didn't you bring any back for us? Well, I meant to, but, you know, I, I, had, a, I had a hard time on vacation. And, you know, when you have to go to the beach every day, from like 9.30 in the morning to like 4.30 in the afternoon. And you have to suffer through all of that tanning and swimming. You get thirsty. And so I was forced to drink some of the delicious uh, unfiltered IPA goodness that was sweet water. Uh, so I meant to, but, you know, I, I struggled a little bit on vacation. Well, you did to me. I was going to say our prayers are with you. Um, Thank you. you know, and, and, this... and, and everyone who suffered with you. The recovery period will be long. It will be arduous. Um, if uh, anybody would like to come visit um, or send some food because, you know, I'm struggling to, to get back to normal life, uh, you know, contact us on the Facebook page. And perhaps my fellow co-host wouldn't mind starting a, uh, a memorial fund for me. You know, I'm thinking money, about it. money for people, specifically money Lucas. For people. <laughs> money for Lucas. <laughs> All right, well, getting away from your amazing time at Myrtle Beach, we can uh, go into our first bit of news. So the greatest thing that could have ever happened to anything ever happened yesterday. Um, the show that we, we've been worried about forever, Community, which was recently canceled by NBC, and we were denied six seasons in a movie, the battle cry that we've been yelling and tweeting and facebooking and pretty much destroying the internet with for years it was denied one more time i mean this has been three maybe four years that we have not been sure if community was going to come back which is terrible for such a great show such a um, um you know meta show as they always mention and a show that you know is unlike literally any unlike anything else that's on television so it was great to hear that literally in like the 11th hour, the last possible day that uh, a renewal of any sort or another network picking it up was possible. It was the last day that, um, you know, all the contracts for all the actors were going to end. It was uh, June 30th. So on June 30th, Dan Harmon sent this very mysterious tweet. I wish I had the tweet in front of me, but it was just this this weird quote that sat and he ended it with hashtag six seasons of the movie so we don't know if it was you know the show is over it's done or guess what something big's gonna happen and you know we were waiting and waiting and waiting and finally the news came yahoo of all places has picked up community for a sixth season now ryan lucas and myself We've been talking about it the last couple podcasts, um, wondering if Community was going to get picked up and who would even pick it up. We, we thought Hulu was going to be it or Netflix or even uh, I think Ryan even mentioned Amazon. That's right. We, we had no idea, not a, even one <laughs> inkling that Yahoo out of any of them would be the one to save it. And of course, Yahoo Screen 
who is trying to, you know, become the next big streaming service, apparently, um, now they have a flagship. They have community. The fans are going to be flocking to this because now, now people are going to go to Yahoo of all places instead of NBC's uh, NBC at you know on Thursdays at eight or nine or whenever they put Community on because they've constantly changed it. Another reason why it didn't wasn't successful on the network. So, guys, what do you think about Community being saved, Lucas? I know you're a big fan like myself, and uh, what do you think about Yahoo of all places picking up the sixth season? Who's writing it? Oh, everyone's back. Harmon's back. The producer is back. All the actors are coming back. It's it's set in stone. And then we should be fine. Um, you know, your first thought is whenever a show gets picked up, you know, like a fan effort to get it picked up in the for another season, it it's always hit or miss. You know, the uh, the third season of you know Star Trek the original series was not very good to put it. Um, to put it lightly. Um, but on the other hand, the fans demanded a fourth season of Star Trek Enterprise, and that was a fantastic season. Um, so it can be hit or miss when the fans want something to come back because our attachment might outrun the creator's creative minds. You know, we might want more, but they don't have any more. And so it seems like in this case, everybody wants to give more. Everybody wants to watch more. Um, and especially if everyone's coming back. I mean, that's just so good to hear. The last thing you want to hear is that a show's coming back, but the writers haven't signed on for, you know, and they're getting a new writers and, like, they're changing some of the cast around. And then you run into, like, a last season of Scrubs type deal, which, what last season of Scrubs? It doesn't exist. Um, I haven't been this happy, honestly, since uh, ABC picked up scrubs when nbc dropped it in the seventh season i mean that eighth season was great you know i i, I mean scrubs is never going to be you know it, it was never going to be as great as season three season four even season five but that season eight that last season in quotation marks was great you know it was a great send-off for the show there was some gems in there there was you know that final episode was fantastic where uh where jd leaves the hospital great the ninth season, we won't talk about. It just didn't happen, you know? <laughs> but, Ryan, going back to Community, um, you know, I think you were the one. You, you said Amazon, right? I said Amazon. You said Amazon. Um, what do you think about Yahoo? Because Lucas really didn't answer that question. He, he, was, he definitely picked up that first part of that question about, you know, you know, the show being picked up. Obviously, there's always the worries of, you know, we demand it. Does that mean it actually should happen? But, you know, Dan Harmon showed that with the fifth season, there's still a lot of energy left with community. It can go through reboots. It can go through changes. It doesn't matter. Community is community. Yahoo. Tell me why this is a good move for them and for community. Oh, well, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's Yahoo. They, they were big years ago. I, I'm, I've always been a big believer. I still got an email address <laughs> registered to Yahoo. Yeah, you Same. too. Yeah, we're, 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 we're long-time believers. Uh, yeah, Lucas is giving me the eye, but uh, listen. All hail our Google overlords. <laughs> They're listening. Listen, <laughs> shut your trap. It's my turn to speak, all right? Um, you know, I, this is great news. I mean, it, it's everyone's coming back. I think, like as you said, the fifth season definitely had a lot of steam left. They're not going anywhere. The sixth season is going to be just as great, if not better. 
um, they're not running out of energy. They're not running out of ideas or anything. And Yahoo, this is great for them. I feel like this is kind of like risky business. What I mean is Ray-Ban was going down. The, the glasses company was going down, and they kind of invested the rest of their money into Tom Cruise wearing their their flagship glasses. And, you know, as soon as he wore it in that movie, Risky Business, sales went up. And, you know, here today we still have Ray-Bans. I have a pair. Uh, that's what I kind of feel like with Yahoo. I mean, they, they, they weren't, okay, they weren't, like, on their last leg, but really... Do you does, does anybody talk about Yahoo anymore? The only time they the only time the only time they talk about Yahoo is if who's gonna buy Yahoo. Exactly. So it's never like oh you know Yahoo um, just did this amazing thing. So really, this is a big big step in the right direction for them. Every every like big major um, and not internet provider but search engine they they branched out into not just being a search engine or yes. a mail client. They've, they want to take over everything. I mean, Amazon started off as, you know, a place where you buy stuff. Now they have their own tablet and phone. So it's just, and their own streaming service. So, you know, Yahoo and Google, they, they've all followed this kind of path. So, yeah, I mean, I think this, this move is fantastic for this, Yahoo. This is nothing but good news for Yahoo. They, Absolutely. They are, I think with this move, this will be one of those moves when you look back on it, be like, "Well, this was probably the start of something big," or "This this got them back to the to being like a competitor, like a true competitor." Like, "Oh, watch out for Yahoo!" Because they were, remember, they were big a long time ago. You saw commercials, you saw everything, advertisements for them. You don't hear about them anymore. This sure. this was huge. Just, I mean, when you told me, I I didn't believe. I, first of all, I was like, "What is he lying? Is it April first? I don't think so," but. This is this is awesome news. I, I mean, I'm excited. Like, like I I turned on to the show last season. I unfortunately missed the fir- first four seasons, which I will get back to. But mm-hmm. this is awesome. Uh, everything's the show's gonna be great. It, it's kind of it's good news for everyone. This this Absolutely. I don't see this is no negatives for anybody. This mm-hmm. is this is awesome. Yeah, I remember when um, a little a little while back, Netflix actually had a lot of bad press because they they wanted to take their the. The, the service that actually started with Netflix was the disc service. You, you rented discs. It was like Gamefly, which was a spawn of Netflix, where you, you rented a DVD for a certain amount of time, and then when you were done with it, you brought it back. When Netflix wanted to split that service and make it a new name, their stock went down. You know, people were pissed. They had all this bad press. Now look at them. Orange the New Black, House of Cards... Arrested Development, I mean, they've created these original series that are not even popular. Trending. 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 Popular. Nominated from Emmys. I mean, this is ridiculous. So this is definitely a move that Yahoo needs if they want to stay relevant and um, be successful in this kind of, you know, landscape. So uh, I'm all for it. Anytime community is revived, I'm happy. We're all happy here at News Over Brews that community lives on. And that's uh, Yahoo's hashtag, actually, for Twitter is community lives on. I feel like community is one thing that we talk about a lot on this show. Another thing we talk about a lot is metal. Lucas, it's another week in metal. What do you got for us? First up, cue the theme music.
use this to fill up dead time in a slow week absolutely not because i can always talk about metal music and this week i've got two things that kind of clue you in on so judas priest's new album redeemer of souls is available on itunes radio as a free stream um it's available i think one week before it comes out and that's pretty cool that they're streaming the album that's something that a lot of um a lot of bands are doing now and the older the old guard of heavy metal is starting to get into that. They're releasing songs on the internet. They're giving free streams as like a preview to before you buy. Um, since I refuse to associate with anything made by Apple, um, I acquired the music through other means and I'm currently listening to it. So hopefully I'll get, you know, maybe a minute or two next week to give you my impressions of that album. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, some of the tracks that have already been released have been awesome. Uh, Rob Halford kicks major, major ass. He can still sing. He hits those highs. He hits those lows. And they're really starting to sound like classic Judas Priest again, which is nice. The second bit of news this week, um, I believe it was yesterday. So that would be Monday, was Ingve J. Malmsteen's birthday. Uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock since the 1980s, Ingve Malmsteen is the founding father, the George Washington, the god amongst lesser men of neoclassical shred metal. What is neoclassical shred metal? How dare you even ask that question? Neoclassical shred metal is a style of guitar that incorporates classical themes and music and plays them really fast. If you've never heard of Ingve Malmsteen, if you have never ever heard of his music, look up Rising Force. 1989 it is one of his signature performances and you'll get to see how fast a man can actually make his fingers travel over six little bits of wire Ingve um, Malmsteen is such an influence over so many guitar players and so it's only right that I give him his own little section on the show this week to say happy birthday Ingve even though I still can't spell your first name your music And the fact that you make me feel like a small, inadequate guitar-playing child will always live on in my heart. I'm sorry. I I think I passed out a little bit. Um, Lucas, were you saying something? Uh, Yeah, no, I was talking about uh, His Royal Highness Ingve J. Malmsteen. That might actually be why you passed out. You might not have passed out. You might have actually uh, been so stunned that you lost consciousness. I know. I think I passed out again. Regardless, um, we'll get out of This Week in Metal and go into something we don't do often, but I'm really excited about doing is uh, we pick what we are most anticipated for for the season, I guess. We did one in spring. Ryan told me. I kind of forgot. That's what happens when you drink beer every week. Um, But now we're going to be talking about what we are looking forward to the most this summer. So we'll start it off with Lucas. I am really excited for a concert, actually. Uh, Def Leppard and Kiss are on tour right now. 
They are co-headlining a cross-country tour, and they will be in Atlantic City, uh, Boardwalk Hall, August 2nd or 3rd, um, early August. These are two bands that have been on my list forever. Um, you know, and because they're coming out in the summer, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, not because they've been on my list, because both of those bands separately put on such a huge show. Kiss is back, and they're doing their like their big lasers and explosion show. And Def Leppard is just such an awesome band with that super crazy good '80s vibe to them. You know, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Um, people just chilling, celebrating the best time period in music. Aren't they going to be at PNC as well? Yeah, they're going to be a couple of places in Jersey, but I feel like seeing them in Atlantic City will be the best bet. Uh, coincidentally, I'm also. Uh, looking at Atlantic City for the Judas Priest and Steel Panther show. Um, uh, hold on one second. Ah! <clears throat> oh, man, I don't know who did that. Wow. Who'd... That wasn't that was me probably at all. not you. Yeah, no. It's uh, probably me. So, uh, but yeah. AC. Kiss. Def Leppard. Be there. Be square. Rye. Yeah, be there or be lame. <laughs> Rye, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, me, I'm looking forward to a motion picture. Actually, a it's called a a talk. <laughs> looking forward to one of them talkies. Um, it's actually called Sin City: A Dame to Kill For. We've mentioned it a few times uh, in the past few weeks. Um, it is a sequel to the uh, groundbreaking noir comic book um, adaptation Sin City, which came out in 2005, which changed my life forever uh, when I was a, a young tadpole. It's coming out in August with pretty much the same crew, uh, same same cast, same directors, except for uh, uh, Clive Owen. But nevertheless, uh, it looks awesome. It's going to be uh, groundbreaking again because Robert Rodriguez said that he held off the sequel for so long because he was waiting for technology to improve again. And uh, I guess he's got some more tricks up his sleeve. Nevertheless, that's two hours I can't wait to just enjoy just enjoy and and marvel in and uh stalk stalk the the crew after the movie comes out because it's gonna be amazing so uh yeah that's my that's my most anticipated event for summer all right well ed leaves me and mine's also a motion picture but also a soundtrack for the motion picture i've been waiting for a follow-up for Zach Braff's Garden State forever. And uh, last year, he announced uh, that he wanted to do his follow-up, Wish I Was Here, through Kickstarter. And, of course, I backed it. And the soundtrack for it is literally like a dream of mine. It has new music from The Shins, Coldplay, Bon Iver, and many, many more amazing artists, indie alternative artists, you know, that as just been such influential on you know his movies and my ipod so i'm really excited for the movie which comes out july 18th in theaters i don't know if it's select theaters or all theaters but it doesn't matter i will be seeing it a few days earlier than that because i did a kickstarter backing of it and the the soundtrack of it will be out july 15th i believe did they did they not get Steel Panther for that soundtrack? They, I, didn't, I didn't hear that. They did not get Steel Panther for it, but maybe his follow up of that movie will have Steel Panther in it. But that, I, that's a real shame. But actually. I doubt it. Uh, but yeah, that is that is what we're looking forward to the most this summer. There's obviously so many things this summer that there's to look forward to. 
um, including Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff coming out this summer. We we've been drinking too much and we can't really remember. But um, that's that's just a couple picks from us at News Over Brews, and uh, we recommend you check those things out. So, fellas, while we have a moment to ourselves and in between segments, uh, Al, I have a question for you. Where were you this weekend? What were you doing? And who did you meet? Well, Ryan, it wasn't during the weekend. It was actually a few days before the weekend. While Lucas was on vacation and you were doing whatever you were doing, uh, I actually won tickets to the Transformers 4 premiere in New York, which uh, was awesome in every sense of the word. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we went to the premiere. We were, we were online forever to get in, but it was so worth it because once we were inside, we were you know, right on the red carpet and, you know, we were right next to where Excess, Excess Hollywood was doing their interviews and, you know, there was cheering fans and all these celebrities. We saw Stanley Tucci and Kelsey Grammer uh, and we just completely got skipped over by Michael Bay, who was incredibly nice and photogenic and was taking pictures with everybody. But we did take two pic- two pictures that have absolutely made my life the first one was with mark Wahlberg. um that was amazing in itself just because he actually came over and took the picture but the other thing that was really really great about the experience was this one woman who was a few rows behind me jumped to the front and was literally like next to me calling calling mark Wahlberg over and calling him mike and i like she was like mike mike and i'm like went right next to her face. I was like, it's Mark. So that, that, <laughs> that kind of made my life. Um, just, just informing this woman who, I don't know why she was there because didn't know the star of the movie regardless. Um, and then, uh, I actually got a picture with Steven Spielberg, uh, one of my idols. So oh, no, big, no deal. big deal. Just, just Steven Spielberg. Um, the first thing my dad said when I told him was, uh, why didn't you ask him for a job? And I said, I, I don't know when I would have been able to do that. He he did not say that. He, yeah, he really did. He took the he took a picture and he just walked away, obviously, because he had uh, a million other fans to interact with. But my dad, of course, thought that me and him had a full conversation. So, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, we got to see the movie in IMAX. The movie was incredibly long, um, almost like a torture of how long it was, but... Um, it was definitely probably like the second best one in the franchise, which for anyone who's seen the franchise, that's not really saying much. But, you know, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of action. It was pretty funny. But overall, just the entire experience was uh, definitely awesome. Going into our last topic of the night, trailer talk. We always save the best for last, I guess. <laughs> so, Rye, what movie are we looking at this week? Well, this week we are going to be looking at David Ayer's Fury is his uh, his epic World War II vision of uh, a tank a tank commander and his four um, subordinates who are in 1945, I guess uh, I guess uh, in Europe during the last the last kind of phase of World War II. Uh, the tank the the tank is led by War Daddy, who is played by Brad Pitt. And the rest of his crew is played by Shia LaBeouf, Logan Lerman, Michael Pena, and uh, Walking Dead Shane, who is John, John Bernthal. 
We were just in the ill-fated uh, Mob City on TNT. Um, the footage kind of gives you a brief, a brief, uh, a brief introduction to the characters. Uh, I guess the world around them and what to expect. And uh, reading interviews from David Ayer, he says he's going to make the he was out to make the darkest World War II movie ever made. Now that is a bold statement, having seen Saving Private Ryan, uh, Patton, all of those World World War II movies, um, in history. That is a bold statement. Uh, just judging from the f- uh, footage from the first trailer, it looks promising. The cast, um, the cast is so awkwardly, I guess, put together on paper. It seems so weird because it's just a big range, but it, there's something compelling about it. The footage shows, uh, I guess, kind of everyone has their, everyone has their perspective on it on the war, especially Logan Lerman. I guess he's just kind of coming into it. It's their bond uh, they're bonding i guess as uh since they're in such close quarters during such a traumatic event in history overall it's very interesting i cannot wait to see this movie it looks so gritty so dark so kind of uh just down in the dirt dirty in a way and, and the cast looks so so just kind of into it. It, it, it i feel like it's going to be something that no one's expecting even though you're expecting something unexpected Try to figure that one out, whatever I just said, but it makes sense for this movie. Uh, overall, um, I'm stoked for it. I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be f- absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait to see what everyone says about this movie when it comes out. Fellas, back me up or not. I'll go with the second one. Um, it looks interesting. It looks like it'll be you know, an entertaining film. I just... You know, it, it might be just my perspective because I'm a history guy. Is that as I'm watching that trailer, I'm picking out all the things that are historically inaccurate about what's going on in the trailer. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I prefer movies that are more grounded in reality. So Patton, yes, is amazing. Um, if you want Patton from the other side of the coin, watch Downfall, um, which is about the end of Nazi Germany, told from the side of Hitler and the Germans. Um, in German, but you should be able to get one with subtitles on it. Um, so I prefer those kinds of movies. I'll be able to look past the histori- the historical inaccuracies, I'm sure, to enjoy the film. But uh, it looks like it's going to be one of those trumped-up war movies. Like, America is the best. We are the most amazing. Our technology is superior. We are superior kind of movies. Which, I get why they're made. You know? But, uh... I don't know. Maybe World War Two. We could. We can finally put that stereotype to rest, and we can start <laughs> making like, like I feel like it's been long enough now that we can start making actual movies about World War Two that are grounded in reality, and stop making movies that just try to celebrate our heroism. You know. Well, it's. I guess it's. It's. It is a different perspective. It's not like, you know, it, it is on the like the front line, but it, it, it's set in a different setting. It's in a. It's in a tank. It, I guess it's towards the end of the war like you know there's been a few other it, it feels to me it feels a little different i don't know i feel i got a different vibe from it personally and, and obviously the historical inaccuracies i got a few of them but you know you kind of it's a movie like saving private ryan was that 100 percent accurate well not based off of a true story but the 
the stuff that happened during that movie was accurate. Things, like yes. the, the tactics and the weaponry and, and uh, you know, a lot of the situations they faced were real situations, you know. I mean, just going from the trailer, a, a Sherman tank is meant to be, it's a very weak armored tank. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not meant to no, last, last a long time. Soldiers, yeah, no, you, you know. <laughs> it's, it's meant to be easily replaceable, you know. Um, I could go into the history of it a little bit. Um, if you want me to, I'm, I think I'm, I could see Al yawning over Skyfall. I'd, I'd, I'd rather you not. The year was 1942. <laughs> the place. <laughs> anyway, we are just basing it upon the first footage. Usually, the first footage um, kind of sets fans. It kind of gives fans a taste of the movie. Most people prefer the second or third trailer. However, Al, what's your take on this? Uh, I feel like we've seen this movie already before, where Brad Pitt leads a group of soldiers in World War II. Oh, yeah, and Glorious Bastards. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Let's uh, play no. a game. Which one is more historically inaccurate? Uh, <laughs> the, I loved Inglorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards. Um, I thought it was incredibly accurate, and that's definitely the way they killed Hitler. So that being said, uh, no, I mean, we've been following this movie for a while. Um, I know this wasn't it untitled for a while. Uh, I, I feel so. like it was untitled for a, like a long time. Regardless, the cast itself is a reason to go see this movie just because of how weird it is. It's going to be like one of those, wow, they all work together really well, or that was a disaster. So Because we have, what, Brad Pitt, you have John Barenthal, Shane, as he'll always be known as, um, Logan Lerman, Michael Pena, and of course, probably one of the most hated men in Hollywood right now, Shia LaBeouf. So, with a mustache. With a mustache. What is he so, trying to hide? I don't know. But <laughs> his drinking if problem, you, that's what. <laughs> if you have any interest in this movie, it's probably because it's probably because of this cast. So or because you really like war movies starring Brad Pitt. I don't know. Um this was definitely an odd choice for us, but uh yeah, we'll probably end up seeing it and I don't know. I'm I'm really confused by it, honestly. A tank movie? I don't even know. I mean, it's a good concept, <laughs> but you know, there. Okay, a so tank movie. There's tank there's movie. plenty of other tank battles to make a movie out of. Like you could make a movie out of the Battle of Kursk, which is between the Russians and the Germans, and it was the largest tank battle of the war. Or you could make a movie about Patton's Blitz up the eastern coast of Sicily during the invasion of Italy. Or you could make a tank movie about the capture of the Suez Canal by British for I mean, there's so many other battles to make a tank movie out of. Why would you just plop a random tank in a random part of Germany and then just throw a bunch of Germans at it? There's so many better stories that you can tell if you're going to set set a movie in a tank. You can I pick a better can... tank. <laughs> we... we... Well, the vulnerability. If they're the ultimate tank, why no, is it a they, movie? No, they weren't the ultimate tank. No, That's I'm what I'm trying if, to say. If they were, though, if it was an impenetrable tank, what's the danger? Well, no, but it's not an impenetrable tank. I, I know. You keep saying. Listen, I the, said if it was. If it oh, it was. is not. <laughs> the, what's, what's happening here is, is there's the stigma of we won the war, therefore our stuff was the best. And so now they're making that into a movie. Whereas it should be titled, America Wins the War Because We Had More Money and More Factories. Which is exactly what happened. When you throw enough bullets at somebody, they will eventually get hit. Um, Not to downplay our efforts in World War II at all. I mean, especially before the war, we were the ones that helped keep the British supplied and fed. But, I mean, 
if you're gonna make a tank movie, pick a better tank and pick a better tank battle and <laughs> pick someone who actually looks like a tank commander. Brad Pitt looks he's too pretty to be a tank commander. You heard it here you heard it here, folks. Lucas does not support <laughs> any of the decisions that this director has made. And that is while I'm on it, JJ Abrams and his direction of the Star Trek. Shut up, Shut up Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> That is going to be it for another episode of News Over Brews. I'm Al Manorino, and seriously, Lucas, I can't deal with these rants anymore. I'm Ryan DeMarco. I'm also the other white meat. Listen, I'm Lucas Jones, and if you don't want to deal with my rants, you guys can pick your own damn beer. Didn't we decide that we were going to just get rid of you last the last podcast? You <laughs> did, and then what did I do? I went to a different distribution network and picked up a beer that you guys have literally no access to. I rehired them as soon as you did that. God, I've also given thanks. myself the title of international beer correspondent. If you're still listening, thanks for listening.